want everybody to get on your feet quickly. Turn your Bibles to the book of Jonah. Father, I ask you, in the next few moments, for your word to explode on fertile soil, that hungry hearts, that open ears, would hear with clarity the sound of your voice. Arrest our lives today by the power of your word. Don't leave us like you found us. Let callings and mantles and giftings and anointings explode on the hearts of your people this day. Oh, let our lives be challenged. Let our lives be changed as we hear the clarion call of your word. Oh, let divine assignment be released into the hearts of your people. And for it, we will give you praise and we will give you glory. If you're ready for his word, hallelujah this morning. Can you just put your hands together and praise him? Come on, church. The book of Jonah, chapter number one, familiar, familiar story to you, Sunday school goers. You got this when you, when you were a kid, David and Goliath, Samson, Jonah and the whale, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know these ones. But today I want to open and expand your heart. Verse number one, the Bible says, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the son of Amittai, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh. I want you to notice, this was a, div- a, a direct command. This was not good advice. This was a divine command of God. Get up. Go to Nineveh, cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, and he went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Verse 4, But the Lord had sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest into the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Skip down to verse number 17. And the Lord prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the whale the belly of the well, three nights and three days. I want to talk just for a few minutes this morning on who is the bait. Who is the bait? Just look around this morning because somebody in this house is the bait this morning. Somebody in this house is about to get caught. Somebody in this house has been talking about fishing for your breakthrough when your breakthrough 
is about to catch up to you. Anybody ready for that this morning? You may be seated. All month we have been preaching, starting with our text in Peter. Peter declares, casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. Casting is a fishing term. Peter understood fishing. He was a fisherman. He had been there the day Jesus said, cast your nets on the other side. And they pulled up a supernatural harvest. Peter was a fisherman. He understood what casting was all about. Casting is that action of moving something away from you for the purpose of reeling something back in. Every cast is meant for a catch. And we've talked about desiring to catch our breakthrough and how it's important for us to learn that before we can catch that miracle, we've got to move some stuff out of our life, away from our life. There's got to be some distinct cut off from some of the things that we're carrying around. We've got to cast those things, our cares Upon the Lord. You'll never catch what you're believing for as long as you're carrying that around with you. You've got to learn to cast all your cares. So many times we want to carry it and we want to deal with it and we want to try to work it out on our own where He wants us to cast our care because we can never reel in our breakthrough until we adequately learn to cast. The story of Jonah. A story that you know so well. It begins, Jonah was a prophet. It was, it's a prophetic book. And the book begins with these words. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah. Can I tell you something? That when the word comes, it is arresting. When the word comes, it is directing. We don't have a whole lot of history on Jonah except who his daddy was. We don't know about his boyhood. We don't know about uh, uh, how he was brought up. We don't know about his experiences as a child. But we do know from this moment forward, he had been captured by the word. Hallelujah. We don't know uh, what his uh, vocation in life might have been before this moment. I'm sure if he came from a godly family, he had heard of the Lord. He was a believer. But can I tell you, there's something that shifts when the word of the Lord comes and arrests your life. Some of you know where you were when you were captured by the word of God. All of a sudden you were doing your own thing. You were busy about your own life. And all of a sudden you got grabbed by the word of the Lord. Who am I talking to? Hallelujah. You had your own plan. You were doing your own thing, living life your own way, but then God sent his word and captured your life. All of a sudden, now you've got a new direction. All of a sudden, you've got a new assignment. Hallelujah. Jonah, 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 may, Jonah may have been, but now he had divine direction and divine assignment. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let me tell you something. You, every person in this room was birthed with divine assignment in mind. You weren't born to wake up and go to work and come home and somehow mope through life and mumble through life with day after ending day, you were born with divine purpose. You were born under divine assignment. God sent His Word and this Word captured Jonah. 
And the word declared, I want you to get up and I want you to go to Nineveh. Amen. This was divine direction. This was divine assignment. Can I tell you, if you're living life without divine direction and without divine assignment, you're missing out. I don't know if I'd know how to walk. I don't know if I'd know how to live. I don't know if I'd get out of bed in the morning if I didn't know that I had a divine assignment. Like David, he said, he said, is there not a cause? That word cause is the word word. Hallelujah. Everybody was looking at David like, you're crazy for going in that valley. You're crazy for doing that. And nobody should go down there. Look at how big he is. And David said, I'm not doing it because I want to. I'm doing it because I can't help it. There's a word pushing me into this valley there's a cause behind what I'm doing man when you wake up underneath a cause when you wake up underneath a burden when you wake up underneath an assignment it changes everything about your life you step with purpose you live with a purpose get up go to Nineveh these are simple requests they sound simple enough right Right? God was not, he was, he was not somehow speaking out of a shadow. It was not a puzzle. It wasn't a word game. He didn't have anything to figure out. Just do what I say. Just do what I'm telling you to do. Amen. I don't need to know what you think about it. Your Christians are so funny. I guess they think God wants to know what they think about it. Uh, amen. Like, like we have a, uh, some kind of a say in the, in, in the, in the deal. Get up. Go to Nineveh. That's not vague. That's not out there. Amen. You know it. Listen, some of you in here, you act like that you don't know what God called you to do. And you don't know what you ought to be doing. And you don't know the areas of your life where you are in divine disobedience. Oh, you don't, listen, you can lie to yourself if you want to. But you can't lie to God. You know what he told you to do. You know what he called you to do. Get up. Go to Nineveh. Amen. It's not vague. Go to Nineveh. And I want you to cry out against it. I want you to lift your voice in opposition to what's taking place in the city of Nineveh. Listen, God has to awaken. He has to send His Word to awaken life in the, in the lives of His church so that we can use our voice in opposition to what has taken place around us. God's given us a voice, and yet we blend in. Uh, we're so excited to blend in. We've compromised our belief and our belief system. And we've watered down our, 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 our standards and our, our ways of righteousness to the place where we blend into the world. No wonder that we're no longer effective. No wonder that we're no longer a sword in the hand of God. He said, I don't want you to go blend in with Nineveh. I want you to go raise your voice and cry out against it. Amen. We'll cry out. He said, because their wickedness has come up before me. Do you, do you notice that all sin makes a city? Think, think of this. Nobody sins by themselves. They sin with people that they're comfortable sinning with. And cities draw sinners. Amen. 
Amen. So we start, we start sinning together, right? In a, in a crowd, in a company. We become a city of sinners. He said, I want you to go, I, I want you to go break up this circle that's happening. I want you to cry out against it. Now, here's the problem. Jonah had his own agenda. Jonah had his own, his own thought process. He didn't really want Nineveh to be saved. If you wanted to, he didn't think they deserve it. Bunch of heathens living like they live. Uh, They don't deserve to be saved. And so he had his own idea. And the Bible says that he arose, but he got up in the wrong direction. Sometimes we we look at our activity. We're coming to church and we're doing, but listen, you're getting up in the wrong direction. The Bible says that he was, he had in his mind, I'm going to Tarshish. I'm not going, I'm not going to Nineveh. So the Bible says that he went to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa. Then he went down to the sea. And then he went down into a boat. Oh, hallelujah. Everybody say he went down in a boat. I'm going to preach in a boat today. Look, and I tell you, there's all different kinds of boats and you better be careful whose boat you get on because you're on somebody's boat today. Everybody in this room is on somebody's boat today. And if you're not going in the direction of your assignment, if you're not living out your purpose, everybody, see, all of us, we're, we, we, we step down. Can I, let me explain it this way. We st- instead, every step that Jonah took was from the presence presence of the Lord. Not in the presence of the Lord. I don't know about you, but I don't want to step from it. I want to step in it. When I step in it, I'm blessed. When I step in it, I am surrounded. When I step in it, I'm guarded. When I step in it, I'm promoted. When I step in it, I'm powerful. When I step away from it, I'm in danger. You got to be careful not to get out of your assigned boat. Jonah went down to Joppa, down to the sea, and then down into a ship. He got on the wrong boat. Every disobedient step was a downward step. Why do we live down from our purpose? Why do we live down from our assignment? We, we dumb down our lives to the place where it's, a, it's a, just a vague resemblance of what we were really called to. Instead of living up to our potential. Instead of living up to our promise. We let everything in life dumb our lives down. So we just, come, we just become some vague resemblance of what God called us. Can I tell you that you are responsible to live up to your gifting. You are responsible to live up to your talent. You are responsible to live up to the anointing that is on your life. There will be a day where you stand before God. And you are divinely judged for whether or not you lived up to your talent or you lived down to the standards of the world. You lived up to the anointing on your life or you lived down to the culture that's around you. You got to be careful not to take downward steps. There's got to be some people in this house that say, I'm tired of living down to my surroundings, tired of living down to everything that's taken place around me. Listen, just because there's opposition doesn't mean that you're in the wrong place. Success is not easy. 
Hallelujah. What will you do when you stand before God? Having not lived up to your potential. Amen. Does that mean anything to you? Does that strike you like it does me? The fear of having not accomplished everything that he gave me power to accomplish. Watch Jonah. Because he is, instead of living up to his potential, he's stepping down. He's stepping downward. Now he's gone out of the presence of God. And he's landed himself on a boat. Hallelujah. And he didn't just get on the boat. He went down into the bottom of the boat. Hallelujah. From the presence of the Lord. And the Bible says not only did he get on this boat. He paid the fare. Yes, he there's no free rides whatever boat you get on there's a price to pay you say well you know this I'm, I, I'm not, I don't want to pay I don't want to pay this high price I don't want to pray like that I don't want to fast like that I don't want to live a life of righteousness like that you say that's too high a price honey listen there's a price to pay no matter what boat you get on Jonah said I'm going out of the presence of God there's a price to that Jonah said I'm not going in the direction of my assignment there is a price to that. And the problem was what Jonah didn't understand was that he wouldn't be the only one paying the price because there was a city waiting. Can I ask you who's waiting on you to get it right? Who's waiting on you to live up? You say, Pastor, I can't believe you're talking to me like this. Wouldn't you rather me talk to you like this than wait until you get in before God and Him start asking you why? Why did you live down to the standards of the world? Why did you let the people around you rub off on you and you live down to their standards? I'm telling my kids all the time, stop living down to the people around you and start pulling them up to the standard that God birthed you. You are not them. Touch your neighbor and say, you're not them. Hallelujah. You're not them. They didn't hear what you heard. Sorry. They didn't get the word you got. Sorry. They weren't put in the position you were put in. Sorry. He went away from his assignment. Down to Joppa. Down to the sea. Down into the ship. And he paid the fare. Oh, but watch this. They let loose from land. They got out there on the sea. And the Bible says that God sent. Hallelujah. God sent a storm their way. You know, there's nothing like a storm to wake you up. Some of you, you, you'll stay oblivious until God lets a storm in your life. You'll stay oblivious until a storm wakes you up. Oh, hallelujah. Nothing like a storm to test our faith. Nothing like a storm to give us a wake-up call. I think some there's some folks in here that need a wake-up call. You've been tickling stuff that you have no, no business with your hands on. You've been allowing stuff in your life you have no business to let in your life. You are the called and chosen, mantled people of God. You better get ready. You're about to get a wake-up call. God would rather send you a storm than to let you sail in bliss-filled ignorance. Hallelujah. If you're not careful, you'll find yourself in the midst of a storm. And, and listen, that's God's way. 
sometimes of saying, you're not in the right place. You're not doing the right thing. You're not walking in the right way. A storm hit that vessel. It began to twist it under the strength of the waves. All of the people on that ship were heathens. Amen. He didn't get on a gospel ship. I said he didn't get on a gospel ship. He got on a, he got on a ship filled with heathens. When you, when you walk out of the presence of God, listen, your associations, everything about your life, see, all of a sudden you're associating with people you don't have any business associating with. He's not on the gospel ship. He's on a ship full of heathens. And the Bible says they started praying to their gods. Oh, hallelujah. They started reaching for their gods. They went to their tarot readers and, oh, help us. And they, hallelujah, they looked in their newspaper and looked, trying to find their sign to what kind of day they were going to have. And, It takes so much more faith to believe in that mess than it does to believe in Jesus. Hallelujah. They started crying out to their gods. Save us. They looked around. Where's Jonah? Jonah is asleep. In the midst of a storm sent to wake him up. I can tell you this. We can get so far from his presence. That even when God sends a storm to our life. People around us can see that you're in a mess. But you can't even see that your own self is in a mess. You're in a boat headed the wrong way. That boat's rocking and reeling. Everybody in that boat around you is screaming, but you are asleep at the wheel. Oh God, wake us up in Zion. Oh God, wake us up in the midst of our storm. Help us to understand that the winds are blowing and it's time for the righteous to rise up. They woke him up. You know what they said? What did you do? What did you do? What did you do? It's going to be a day we're surrounded by people that looked at us and said, they said, what did you do? You mean you got on our boat? What were you doing on our boat? You mean you were asleep on our boat? What were you doing asleep on our boat? What did you do? Every one of them pointing the finger at him. What did you do? The world will someday look at the church and wonder why we did not open our mouth. Why we did not pay the price and separate ourselves for the power of God to be released in us. Instead, we lived in constant compromise on the wrong boat. Asleep at the wheel. They looked at him and said, what did you do? They drew straws. And of course, Jonah, was, Jonah he had the short straw. Uh-huh. We knew you were the culprit. Uh-huh. What did you do? Did you sin? 
Uh-huh. What did you do? You compromised your faith? Did you? You're walking outside of assignment. What did you do? And Jonah told him, I disobeyed God. At least he was honest. Some folk can't even be honest. Right? They're, 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 they know they're not where they're supposed to be, but they just won't be honest either. It was me. So you know what they did? They threw him to the sea. And the minute that he hit the water, the storm stopped. Can I tell you, if the church would get out of the world's boat, a whole lot of the storm that we've been facing in this world would cease. But because we insist on getting on the wrong boat, because we insist on selling out of the presence of God, because we insist on breaking the assignment that He's placed upon us. Hallelujah. Y'all ain't saying nothing. They threw Him out of the boat. And the Bible says that the Lord had prepared. Now watch that. I like that word. God had prepared. He wasn't surprised. Hallelujah. Oh, he had an alternate route for things to get done. He wasn't worried. Amen. Just because Jonah was a hard head, just because Jonah was a compromiser, just because Jonah refused to walk in the direction of his assignment, God didn't give up on Jonah. God prepared a fish and he swallowed up Jonah. Look at your neighbor and say, who's the bait? Who's the bait? Some of you been fishing for something, but you better get ready. What you've been fishing for is about to snatch you up. Why? Because your purpose is too important because your future is too important because there's a Nineveh in your future that cannot live without you this would redefine the word fish boat Jonah had been on a boat going away from the presence of God Now, he's on a fish boat in the belly of a well for three days and three nights. Don't you know that it stunk in there? Don't you know that it was uncomfortable in there? I don't believe it probably was air conditioned. I don't believe it was probably padded pews. I don't believe probably that there was a nice comfy bed in there. Hallelujah. He was in a place of absolute uncomfort. You know what? Sometimes we need to be made uncomfortable in our lives. We need to be woke up. We need to spend some nights on a real fish boat. Hallelujah. In the belly of our well. Hallelujah. The whole chapter of of chapter 2 is Jonah in the belly of the well crying out to God. When you get eight, it brings out the cry. When you get snatched up, it brings out the cry. Some of you stopped crying when God met your need. Stopped crying when you got that promotion. 
Hallelujah. But a few nights in the belly of a well will awaken your cry. Jonah cried himself back into submission to God. Jonah cried himself back in direction. Jonah cried himself back on course. And then your Bible said after three days that the fish boat spit him up. And when it spit him up, it spit him up in the direction of his purpose. Turn to verse chapter 3. Verse number one. I like this. And the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. Aren't you glad when you didn't listen the first time? Aren't you glad when you didn't obey the first time? Aren't you glad when you didn't get it right the first time? That he didn't stop speaking to you. I'm so thankful that he didn't stop speaking because I was a failure the first time. I'm so thankful that he didn't give up on me because I compromised my gift the first time. I'm so thankful that the word of the Lord came to me again. I got a feeling that in this house somewhere, the word is about to show up for somebody again. You thought you messed it up. You thought you failed him. You thought it was over. You thought it was past. You thought it could never be what it was supposed to be. I got good news. Hallelujah. He'll speak to you a second time. Why? Because your future's too important? Because your future is too important for him to give up on you. He's got too much invested. There's too many things in your future for him to let you go. The word came to Jonah a second time. Let me ask you this morning. Can you hear your Nineveh calling to you? See, Jonah didn't understand. There were several hundred thousand people waiting to hear the word of the Lord. Several hundred thousand people were about to bow their knee to Jehovah. Several hundred thousand people were about to waken in revival. But he had to get to Nineveh. Can I tell you, you've got to get where God told you to go. It's not an option. You've got to get there. And you're not the only one that will be affected if you don't. Somebody, somebody's on the wrong boat. You need to hear this preacher this morning. Hallelujah. If they don't throw you off first, you need to jump and let a real fish boat catch you up. Because it, when it's all said and done, you're the bait. Your future is the bait. Your destiny is the bait. God's plan for you is the bait. Your purpose is the bait. Oh, yes. Yes. Who's the bait? God prepared a fish to catch Jonah and to reroute him. I'm thankful that we have a God that's able to reroute our lives when we make a wrong turn. I'm thankful for a God who's willing to stick with us even when we make mistakes. Who am I talking to? The Bible says that when Jonah was spit out on ground, it was three days journey to Nineveh. He had wasted time. He had wasted time playing around, running away from God. 
You know, I love it. I was in the airport the other day, and uh, I was watching this little baby girl and her mama. And uh, she had kind of gotten away from her mom, and, you know, kids in an airport, they're just, they just get tired of it, you know. And they wanna, she was running like across traffic. You know, everybody was tripping over the little bitty girl, and she's just laughing. And every time her mom would say her name, she would giggle and run further away. She'd say, no, 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 no. Really? You know, it's like she was trying to convince her. Really? You need to come here. She'd run farther. It's just like Christians. It's not a game. Boy, it's important. Jonah got spit out three days journey. Why? Because he had wasted time. But the Bible says that he walked into Nineveh in one day. God said it doesn't matter if you've wasted time. You may think it'll never be what it should have been because of my bad choices and my bad decisions and because I did the wrong thing. Oh, you don't know your God. Your Bible says that he will redeem the time, that he will bring back the years that the locusts and the canker worm have eaten. You say, Pastor, you don't know what I did. I've wasted time. I got on a boat going nowhere. Hallelujah. I did the wrong thing. Oh, I got good news. He will multiply the heart it'll take half the time for you to accomplish what what it would have can I tell you in a month you'll accomplish more than you would have in a year why because you're back in the direction of your assignment back in the direction of your purpose and when you step in the direction of purpose it's three steps in one every step you take is three steps in one I prophesy over you to this morning you're going to hear the word of the Lord again you're going to sense the power of your gifting and your call you're going to step into your assignment and every step you take is going to be three steps in one I need somebody to get on your feet give God praise in this house You're the bait this morning. Your praise is the bait. Your obedience is the bait. Your purpose is the bait. Somebody's about to get caught. Father, I pray. In the next few moments, that there would be a release of mantles and callings and giftings. Someone under the sound of my voice needs to know that the giftings and the callings and the anointings of God are given without repentance. He will not take them back. You say, but pastor, you don't know what I've done. Oh, but I do know what he did. And what he did, what he did has the ability to break every shackle, loose every chain. Somebody in here is on the wrong boat. Somebody in here, you're making concessions and compromise that's leading you out of the presence of God. 
Oh, let the word awaken you this morning. Let his word come to your life again. If you say, Pastor, I've heard the word of the Lord. But this moment, I'm not walking in that, in that divine mandate, that assignment for my life. Can I tell you, you're just one step away from taking three steps in one. You're one step away from taking three steps in one. Don't let the devil tell you. Don't let the devil lie to you. All you've got to do, hallelujah, is take a step toward your assignment this morning. Oh, Father God, I pray. I pray for mantles and giftings. Let them be released in this house today. Like Elijah's mantle that fell so that Elijah, Elisha may pick it up. I pray. Let those mantles fall in this room today. If you know God has put his hand on you, if you know he's called you, if you know that he, he has mantled you, I want you to lift your hands. Come on, church, all over this house. And that ought to be every hand in the building because each one of us is called. Each one of us he has a purpose for. Each one of us he has an assignment for. Come on, lift up your voice, church. I will said this that I may apprehend that for which I have been apprehended Paul said I got caught and now I got to find out why this room this morning you have no idea why God put his hand on you a year ago two years ago three years ago five years ago you were a completely different human being than you are today all because of the hand of the Lord doesn't your spirit sometimes say why'd you do that why'd you send a fishboat to pluck me out of the water and God said because I got a Nineveh that I need you I got a Nineveh that I need you to affect for my glory I got somebody that I need you to speak to I got somebody I need you to be a light to 
Father, help us to catch the reason for which we've been called.